Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Did you know that, according to research, only about one-third of the prospects fundraisers like you get thrown on their caseloads are truly qualified, and even fewer are actually ready for your outreach? Think about that. If you're like most, two-thirds of the leads you've been getting are not really qualified to be on your list. Sure, they might have given in the past, and their wealth screen ratings might be high, but if they won't accept your outreach, what good is all that research anyway, right? It's a serious problem, but there is a solution. And you can find it in Greg Warner's book titled Engagement Fundraising, which you can get right now at no cost whatsoever at imarketsmart.com forward slash free book. That's right. You can learn how hundreds of organizations and thousands of fundraisers are succeeding in today's era of fundraising climate change by grabbing your free digital copy or audiobook version of Greg's very popular book today. Get it now. 100% free. Engagement fundraising at imarketsmart.com forward slash free book. That's imarketsmart.com forward slash free book. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the One Visit Away podcast. Before we get into this episode, I want to remind you that we are in the middle of the one-year anniversary blowout sale on my course, Major Gift Millions. If you want to learn more, go to onevisitaway.com slash millions, but there's four reasons you want to enroll right now. Number one, huge discounts for individual and team access. Number two, the normal refund policy. So if you want your money back within the first 30 days, I will give it to you plus cash on top of that. Number three is that If you purchase it before July 7th, you get a complimentary 30-minute coaching call with me thrown in at no extra cost. Team access, you get a 45-minute coaching call with me for your whole team. And then the final reason is you will get a link to a private webinar um, that I will be having in August on how I built my consulting business. I'm going to teach you exactly how I did it and how you can do something similar if you are reasonably knowledgeable in some... uh, area of raising money. So those are the four reasons you should get enrolled now. Uh, I'll leave a link in the notes section of this podcast, and I look forward to seeing you in the course. But in this week's episode, I want to talk to you about the idea of can we learn from an obnoxious, over-the-top car sales trainer? So I was... uh, looking around on YouTube, as I frequently do, and I follow a lot of business stuff and sales stuff and marketing stuff and all kinds of things. And so I come across this dude who is, (laughs) he's a sales trainer now. His name is Andy Elliott, and you have to look him up because uh, he is quite the experience. Uh, (laughs) I think my favorite thing is the extreme levels of tightness to his clothes. Uh, he's, he's a pretty big dude, works out a lot. He talks about it a lot in his videos. And I mean, I would guess he's, he's gotta be like 220 pounds, but he wears size small (laughs) t-shirts. 
<laughs> and uh, it is it is quite the thing to behold. So uh, he is on first glance, everything that most people hate about car salesmen. He comes across as very fake, I would say, in how he talks to you. You know, he's got he's got the crazy fake smile and, you know, he's he's always trying to shake your hand, trying to shake your hand. He if you listen to him talk, he uh he uses people's names over and over and over, you know, because this is supposed to you know, make the person feel better or whatever, but it just feels so fake. And on first glance, I was like, man, I despise this dude. My goodness. If this guy approached me on a car dealership, I would immediately leave and never speak to him again. But, uh, he has some good information. I, it a huge portion of it does not apply at all to major gift fundraising and i would say is horrible advice in general but i bring it up because i think there are a lot of people we can learn from that on first glance we're kind of repulsed by so this guy could be lying i don't think he is um but he claims so he his last year working in sales uh, at a car dealership, he made $716,000. Um, he has done extremely well in car sales and now has a training company where he teaches people how to sell cars and how to sell all kinds of stuff. And yeah, I I don't like a ton of the stuff that he says, but I've been watching some of his videos. I've listened to him on podcasts and there's a few things that I want to talk about of what we can learn, even from obnoxious uh, car salesmen. And here's a little list. The first thing, uh, and, and this is not all car salesmen, and it's not all salesmen in general. Many of them suck beyond belief at what they do. But the first thing that comes across when you watch this guy is that Sales car salesmen that sell a lot of cars train and they train a lot. Um, this is something I see is lacking dramatically from the world of major gifts is uh, there's basically no training that we do as major gift fundraisers. There's like maybe there's a conference that we get sent to once a year, but like what's the conference on? It's like all things fundraising and there's marketing stuff and there's email stuff and there's brand stuff and there's vision stuff. And it's like, okay, but like, what are we doing to actually train on how you have conversations with a donor, how you have conversations when you're trying to schedule a visit? Um, how do you respond to objections? Most organizations do not train on this at all. And in these videos that I'm watching, like they're training on this stuff all the time, every single day, and it's a huge priority to them. So one of the first things I picked up is they train a lot, and I think that's something that's missing from the major gift world. So if you run a fundraising office, you should start make you should make training a part of what you do as a team. Y'all should go through scenarios. You should role play, and uh, you should get some experience training because it's better to do it not in a live scenario than to actually do it for the first time with a donor. Because if you're dealing, if the first time you've ever encountered an objection or you've had a particular conversation is with the donor, 
it's not going to go nearly as well as if you've experienced it before and kind of know how to respond. The second thing that's related to training is that they're willing to be embarrassed to get better. So this guy, Andy, and some of his training seminars or wherever these things are happening, he'll have car salesmen come up and Andy will be the prospective customer and the, uh, the salesman will be the sales will, will be the salesman. And he is going to try to present an objection and see how the salesman responds. And so in a lot of these videos, like the salesman's like, you know, giving it a shot and it's in front of the crowd. It's in front of, you know, all their coworkers and this kind of thing. And people stumble and they mess up and they have no idea what to say and they're awkward and they just have to like stop and like, ah, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. That, that did not go well. And, and it's nerve wracking. But the thing that I love about it is that they're willing to be embarrassed to get better. They're willing to go get up on that stage in front of everybody and practice stuff and get it wrong. And it's like, how many times do we do that in our organizations? Do we, and and if y'all are doing this at your organization, I'd love to hear about it. But you know, how often in a major gift fundraising organization are people getting together and role playing in front of their team and watching people mess up and watching people improve so that everybody can get better? I don't think it happens much at all. I mean, it's one of the reasons my business has been so successful is because nobody's doing this. The, the number of people I know that go to work for $100 million plus organizations that have told me there is zero training on how to do major gifts when they get on board is mind-blowing. And so uh, I would start doing that. I'd start, take what you can from what these guys are doing and be willing to be embarrassed in front of your peers so that you can get better. The third thing I think we can take away is they're locked in on a particular goal. So all of these guys, they're so focused on how much money they're going to make. And, you know, this year I'm going to make 300000 Next year I'm going to make 400000 or 500000 or whatever the number is. But they're locked in on a specific goal. And that's something that... It's an interesting thing because, you know, I only worked in a, in a small shop and so I came up with my own goals, but I had very specific goals and they were very high and aggressive and I went after them like crazy. And so I know it's different working at big organizations. A lot of times you're just, this is your goal. It's given to you. So there isn't as much buy-in that you have, but I would tell you, get some buy-in. If you're given a goal of you need to raise $750,000 this year, you figure out what you think the right number is, and it might be higher than that. And if it's a million, you choose a million. You take ownership over whatever number you're going for, and you need to be all in on going after that. Because if you're not locked in on what you want the result to be, you're not going to do the things that are going to get you there. So it's like if you want to raise a million dollars, I mean, one of the things I always did is if I wanted to raise a million dollars, well, I knew that on average I would get about 50% of what I asked for in good asks. So if you want to raise a million dollars, I'd have to make $2 million in good asks. And what I mean by is a good ask is that it's a reasonable, it's not just some like, well, I met with one person and asked him for $2 million. No, that's not going to cut it. But so if I knew I wanted to raise a million, I got to make 2 million in good asks. Well, now I need to start assigning who I'm going to ask and how much. And 
I could do that pretty well years into my career because I knew a lot of these people well. Um, so you can't always do it quite as well, but you need to know what you're aiming for. Otherwise, you're just going to wake up like many people, many organizations, and it's like, well, we did about what we did last year. So I guess that's pretty good. Lame. All right. Number four, they're always seeking new information and always looking for ways to live a better life. So even though I, uh, it's so easy to make fun of Mr. Extra Small t-shirt in his extra large sized body, he is focused on fitness and making his physical and mental health as great as possible. And so he's, he's focused on that stuff and eating well and taking in new information. And this is, this is something I notice like people that are really great at sales do things that most other people don't. So there's a guy that I uh, got to know back when I was working in major gifts who was extremely wealthy. Um, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but several conversations I had with him, I think, I think his net worth was in the neighborhood of a hundred million dollars and he built his kingdom, uh, off of sales. And this is an older guy. Um, and every now and then we would go play golf. And one of the things I noticed about him is every time, every time we would meet somebody, this guy is nearly 80 years old. Every time we would meet somebody, he would take out his little pencil and on a piece of paper, he would write down their names and he wanted to be able to, if we bumped into him again, he would remember what these guys' names were and he would call them by their name. And it's like those little tricks, I'm not saying you should do that necessarily, but what I am telling you is that people who are great at sales, they look for little things they can do to kind of level up their game over time. And being able to call somebody by their name is a great skill for a salesperson. And so, uh, yeah, I think they're always looking for new information and ways they can live a better life. And so I would, I think that's something we can do in major gifts too. I mean, when I was working in major gifts, I was looking at sales stuff all the time. I was looking at major gift training all the time, reading stuff, listening to podcasts, that kind of thing go to the people who are the best in the world at a particular thing and try to learn from them as much as you can. Fifth thing, it really matters to them if they get the sale or not. Now, one of the things I despise about this guy so much is the idea that the the customer is the enemy in these situations. And, uh, you know, one of the things that made me laugh out loud and cry at the same time is in one of his little bro-ish sessions of, you know, training these car salesmen, he said, it's like Alcatraz in here. Nobody escapes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What an obnoxious, uh, horrible approach to life. But at the same time, I think there is something we can learn from this idea that they really care about making the sale. In So, I mean, what he's describing is way too far on the extreme of like, my goodness, uh, leave these people alone. But on the other side of the extreme is what I think we fall into much more frequently in the fundraising world 
is we just accept any slight pushback as, okay, uh, I'm going to leave now. Um, I mean, we reach out to schedule a visit and somebody says something like, oh, I already made all my giving decisions for the year. No reason for us to meet. If you don't respond to that objection, if you don't still try to get the visit, that's no good. Like, it just proves to the person, well, they really do not care about this very much. And it doesn't really seem like they care about me because as soon as I told them that I don't have any money to give right now, they are no longer interested. And so you need to care about whether somebody engages with the organization or not. Now, we're not going to be pushy. We're not going to be obnoxious and we're not going to make the person feel uncomfortable. But we're also not going to just get the slightest the slightest pushback and just accept, okay, game over. I guess I'll just never call them again. So those are some of the things that uh, I think we can take away from these videos I've been watching by Crazy Tight Shirt Man. And the final thing, I think, is that understanding what our motivation is. I mean, everything in these videos, all of the intense training they're doing, all the hours they're putting in, all of the discomfort, all of the embarrassment, they're doing it all to make money. And it's like, think about what we do. Like, what do you do in what you're raising money for? You're saving lives. You're helping people in a particular way. You're relieving suffering. These massive, like, gigantic goals of life that have so much meaning. And it's like, do we care as much about getting to be great in our field in order to change the world? Do we care as much as these people who just want to make money? And I think that's something to ponder. Um, because if we really are making a huge difference in the world, we should be training harder than these people who just want to make money. Because what we do really matters. And if it does, we need to become great at it. So, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. I hope it's inspired you to go get some training, work hard, become great at your craft so we can grow our mission and grow our impact. As you know, I'm doing the huge discount on Major Gift Millions. So if you want to learn more, go to onevisitaway.com slash millions or feel free to send me an email, kevin at onevisitaway.com. So as always, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from growing your mission and your impact.